Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep the deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. I almost forgot that line for a second. My <laughs> name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Garrett Jones. Man, it's it's been a spell. It We're has. almost out of practice. I know, I know. Well, we just uh, wrapped up my uh, production. I was in uh, a little play called A Fly on the Wall. A lot of fun. I played Officer Calvin Thurlow, uh, a good old Southern cop who was trying to, uh, working with the psychiatrist to find his happy place. Nice. That included uh, squirrels and bunny rabbits. <laughs> I don't trust rabbits. Yeah, I know, especially especially the one in uh, Monty Python. Monty Python. Yeah, I've been bitten yeah. too many times, randomly too. That rabbit's dynamite. So, uh, so it's it's oh, been a, it's been a hot moment since we uh, have last been on uh, online. Uh, the the last episode we did was. Uh, we had our we did our episode on the 14th of yes. february on valentine's day it was the for whatever reason whoever posted them online listed it as sega expectations i don't know about you but i haven't played a sega genesis since like 1995 or 6 um but it was our saga expectations for 2024 makes... what saga yes yeah saga i said i said sega doesn't even exist anymore does it the as a game I mean, the company, yes, do, but... I think I think it still as a game company, but not as a console development company. Okay. But anyway, yeah. we talked about uh, what we were expecting as far as new media coming out on Disney mm -hmm. Plus and beyond, uh, mostly shows and stuff like that. Which um, we like the day after we recorded that episode, the uh, we finally got a release date for the Acolyte. Um, so if uh, so, we didn't have that information before, but now the the release date is supposed to be. Um, if I I want to say it's supposed to be June. Uh, yeah, I'm looking here, June 5th of this year. Okay. So eight episodes. Comes, how many we'll episodes? How, how many episodes? Uh, eight. Eight, mm. and that comes before Skeleton Crew. Yes, it, um, this one is supposed to be set. Um, well, I mean, as far as when the release date. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, Skeleton Crew hasn't been given a release date, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And if it has, it's like yeah. August or October or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we'll see how this how this goes. Um, mm -hmm. But today we're talking about. What are we talking about, John? Bad Batch. Star Wars Bad Batch. Season 3, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. We got a triple threat. Yeah, we did. Oh, and man. They were good episodes. They were very, very, very good. I, 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 I was somewhat... I'm always su surprised, and I know I shouldn't be, when the Star Wars animation gets dark, and these were some pretty dark episodes. Oh, they were not, they were bleak. And, you know, and not just in you know, you know, 
the color scheme of it being a very dark episode, very dark episodes, but just content wise, it was very, like you said, very bleak. Yeah. 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 Um, so we have three episodes that were launched last Wednesday. That would be the 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, the first episode was called confined. Um, Omega is imprisoned on Tantus and mm-hmm. adjusts to a new life. And what's actually interesting about that episode is it actually, um shows her over the course of time yeah like it's something like months maybe a year that she's been on tantus yeah. um then we have um paths unknown uh it says following a lead hunter and wrecker make a startling discovery that could bring the team together um and then uh episode three was confined i'm sorry not that was uh, that was episode one uh shadows of tantus which I don't know. I think the the title was a little bit more ominous than it really needed to because it yeah. really didn't talk about the shadows of Tantus. But um, basically, Omega and Crosshair uh, hatch a daring plan to escape. Yes. yes. So, um, it well, was, let's start with the first episode, Confined. That was it. Was such a good episode. It was so good. Like. I, like the the like man there's so much it, there's so much we can say about this but <laughs> um yeah yeah it, it i just coming now i i come back to the way the prison in um in andor in andor and it was a little bit different that one was so stark white this one was like a lot more dark but still just the monotony of it of Every day, it's the same thing. She gets up, and this one, she being told, unlike with with Andor, where they didn't make any anything, you know, any qualms about him be, not being a prisoner. This one, like, oh, you're not a prisoner. You're not a prisoner. But oh, yeah. she's a prisoner. Oh yeah. yeah, and she and she knows it, and like the way yeah. she's treated, like they they dispatch with any level of humanity. Like they they very much make her feel like she is not yeah uh not a person um so you have yeah and so like what's interesting is it the whole thing starts off with this with this shuttle uh imperial shuttle uh crashing on the planet Mm -hmm. after being struck by lightning and they they eventually i mean they they end up getting lost they're 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 killed yeah. Uh, by something lurking out there in the in the uh, jungle in the jungle um and then we we get uh, a really in-depth look at how hemlock is treating uh Omega and her interactions with Emery yeah um, one thing I want I want to uh, circle back to the to the to the, the troopers there yeah I, I thought this was interesting and it kind of goes along with how they've always treated stormtroopers is even in a situation where by all intents and purposes they could take off their helmets like they could like we crash let's take off our helmets let's get they never do take off their helmets i just thought that was an interesting thing is that the only time you see if you see a stormtrooper take off his helmet you know he's going to be a big character and you know he's probably going to turn out to be good like he's going to turn and you know work with the good guys, but yeah. I thought it was interesting that even in that situation, they still did not remove their helmets. 
Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. It, it just seemed like I kept waiting for one of them to pull the helmet off, and and they never. And the fact they sounded so young, like these stormtroopers sounded very, very. Yeah, they were definitely novices. They weren't really sure what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. Be you know how like, and they completely bought into the lie that they're going to be rescued by their mm. by the rest of the base, and they're mm. not. Like Hemlock completely overrides any ser uh, search and rescue attempt. Yeah, and, like, and, and we're, we're done. We're gone. Yeah, yeah. And from a someone who's like that, who is very much not necessarily by the books, but is logical in the extreme sense. Mm -hmm. Like his, his mindset is they're already dead. Why waste yep. resources on, on something that, you know, you're just going to lose in his mind. He's probably thinking you're just going to lose more men, more resources, which in his mind is just more resources. Right. And, and he's got more, he's got more important things to do because he, yeah. Because as we learn, he's he's under the very watchful eye of unless he won't raise resources unless it's something that directly affects him, as we'll see later on. Right, right. So um, eventually, uh, Omega is uh, reunited with Nala Say, uh, who she worked for, you know, back on Camino in at the start of season one. Um, mm -hmm. And but. Hemlock makes a point of keeping them separated as much as possible mm -hmm. because he knows that Nala say cares for, uh, for Omega and wants yeah. to avoid that. Um, and, but we still see Omega working through the system and finding ways of communicating with Crosshair on her free time mm -hmm. or taking care of Batcher, the, the Lurka hound. And, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty, interesting to see what her routine is while she is in this, in this facility, because I mean, just the way it, it's designed. Yeah. It's a research facility, but everybody who's there, they're all prisoners. Yeah. And the majority of them are clones. Yeah. And what's funny is you say that is even Hemlock in a sense is a prisoner because mm -hmm. Like he has so he has probably more freedom than the other ones do, but he's still under the under the eye of the empire, and he you know he has he's basically stuck there. And he he's a, he's a non-combatant. He's he's civilian. So yeah. in the event that something goes haywire, or the empire as a whole thinks of him as a potential traitor, those soldiers that are currently under his command, they're going to turn on him oh, on yeah. a dime. Yeah. And they're going to gun him down. Yeah. Yes. It would just take one order. And yeah, one order from the Emperor or Vader or a Moth. Dude, I would love to see Vader get involved in this. Um, so what's that? I would love to see Vader get involved with this because like, I yeah. can guarantee you, Hemlock would not be one of his favorite people. Oh, no, no. It would be interesting to to see. I was thinking about that because we haven't seen Vader yet in the Bad Batch. Huh? He hasn't been mentioned. I don't think he's been mentioned. Even in past, so it's going to be interesting to see if, or if this is something that 
because this sounds this seems like one of those projects as we get you know talk a little bit about uh mm -hmm. what they eventually will find out is project necromancer uh is something that i'm sure uh the emperor would want to keep vader far away from and oh yeah probably want to keep you know very under wraps when it comes to that yeah and we'll we'll come back to project necromancer in just a moment yeah um our next episode paths unknown um mm. this is this is where we get back to the rest of the team with uh with wrecker and and uh um uh, uh, hunter hunter thank you i can't want to say ace and i'm like that's not it <laughs> so uh hunter and wrecker have uh have turned to work as as mercenaries following yeah. what happened at the end of season two um and they are looking for the location of hemlock's lab on tantus and yeah. so they um they actually start off with uh, on on deveron uh, with the Deveronians. And I was really, really curious to see how they'd play that out because like we don't really get to see the Deveronians much in the animated series unless they're like bounty hunters or they're Wookiee hunters or something like that. This was a very different. Yeah. We actually get to see their society. Yeah, that was really cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, and we see the pike, uh, uh, a pike again, which yep. they've kind of become the... Uh, the kind of the new underworld boss. What they have the, uh, kind of the uh, destruction of the huts. Well, and well, the huts though make their comeback after the empire gains, like right before the rebellion era. So, like while the pikes have, to, you know, through the Clone Wars especially, have taken a huge lead. There, I mean, we after, you know, by the time we get to the rebellion era we don't hear much about them no no yeah it seems like maybe i got that there yeah i got that backwards it seemed like by the time you get to the rebellion the huts have really kind of taken that and maybe you know when these will kind of start seeing slowly the kind of crumbling of that the pike syndicate and the the huts really becoming the main and then eventually the huts being supplanted by black sun yeah and maul and his his group now, what you? What I was really, I was really glad that they brought in Angelica Houston. She uh, to she voices uh, the uh, the leader of the Deveronians, Issa Durand, mm -hmm. and um, like her voice sounded familiar, and I couldn't place it. And I had to, I had to wait for the credits to roll through so I could figure out who it was. And by golly, like she always brings this, this very commanding air to whatever mm -hmm. role she's playing. And mm -hmm. like, she can be either really, really sweet and, and nurturing uh, like she was in Adam's family, or she can be incredibly um, uh, imposing, I yes. guess is the, is the word. It, like if you've seen uh, the original 1980s version of the witches, um, adapted from the rolled doll book or if you watch her in um uh, in bat uh, it was uh, john wick part three mm. um it is it, like she there's just something about her that seems harsh and commanding but at the same time 
like very accessible. And I, I like the fact that they brought her in. She's a, yeah. she's a tremendous actress. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So, uh, so we also get a little bit of a, a little bit more of an explanation about um, this jungle world. Um, well, we go to a different one. Um, yeah. And it's not the same as Tantus. Um, it's called Cetron. And mm. uh, they end up connecting with some lost clone cadets. Yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was kind of, kind of, uh, kind of, I don't kind of neat. Um, and it makes me wonder if in the future we'll see them again. I think like, so. I mean, Filoni is very good about making sure that if he introduces characters that have a potential connection to yeah, the right. primary cast, he's going to try and use them at, a, at another time. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, and we'll get to kind of their story, but at the end, I was kind of surprised that they didn't stay with them. Like, to kind of flesh out more, the group, you know, make it a little bit bigger of a of a group. Yeah. Than what they have now. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe in the future we will. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was another dark episode, but it was a different type of dark. Well, this one was this one was dark because like um, which it had a lot of horror elements to it. I thought it, it did, um, but the other the the more hor horrifying aspect is why those cadets were on the planet in the first place. Yeah, those it, like these these characters, uh, these cadets. There's three of them, as far as we know. There could be more, but we only get to see three of them: uh, Deke, mm -hmm. Stack, and Mox, and. Yeah what ends up happening is that they explain that the entire reason why they're there is that the empire transferred them off of Camino saying, you're going to go for training. And they just drop them into this jungle. And chances are, there's probably a larger group of cadets. Yeah. And they, and, and because it's going to look really bad, it's going to look really bad for the empire. If they're seen killing children, even if they're clones, yeah. So, I mean, they've already got that the blood on their hands from from you know Order sixty six. What happens if the rest of the galaxy catches wind that they're just murdering clone kids? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to go well for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the horror aspects on this episode? I didn't mind. I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan to be. I mean, to be honest, but I didn't mind it because it was. It was. It was good. It was interesting. Kind of mm -hmm. pre predictable in some ways, but not in a, not necessarily in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, like when I was watching it with my daughter, and mm -hmm. we knew the minute she said. Don't touch, you know, when one of the uh, one of the uh, colon cadets said, don't touch the vines, I turned to Lily and said, Wrecker's going to touch the vine. I know exactly who was going to be who's going to touch it. <laughs> it's going to be Wrecker. Of course, because Wrecker is just that guy who doesn't pay attention. He just does what he does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like not to cross streets, but it's like in Star Trek when they when they go down to the to the unexplored planet and one of the red shirts for some odd reason decides this is something I've never seen before. Oh, Let me put it in my mouth. 
Yeah, well, that's pretty much anybody who's whoever exists that, in a uh, in an alien film, because like, I mean, I mean, like, it's like something opens. Okay, I'm just gonna stick my head right over this thing. Why would you do that? Exactly, makes no sense. Yeah. So yeah, the the horror elements were cool. Um, was it me or did the uh, the the vines, whatever they're connected to? Did it almost feel like it was like this this planet's version of a um, of a sarlacc? Kind of. Well, you know, they said you notice that the the uh, the cadet said that the empire had bred them there, either bred them or created them there as a weapon. Yeah, and then they got out of control. So it makes you wonder if they were working on biological, you know, some sort of biological weapon. Well, it's it's not the first time. I mean, like in season two, we got the fact that they had found a um, Zillow beast, mm. and uh, the you know it was a, a Zillow beast hatchling or youngling or whatever. And the whole point was to to to, um, to study its DNA in the hopes of cloning it or doing something, because that's what they tried doing the, during the Clone Wars. I'm wondering, and I haven't heard anything for sure, but I'm wondering if either Filoni or someone else there is a kaiju fan, because with that one, with with that the Zillow Beast, and with this, you know, you get really, you got, you get, you definitely get some kaiju vibe. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and so yeah, like I, I definitely think there's there's some like there's almost like. If you're if you don't know who the character is, there's kind of a, a Biolante uh, vibe going on with these vine this vine creature thing mm-hmm. in, in this episode. Um, and Biolante is a plant human monster hybrid from the Godzilla franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's it is a very interesting direction that they're going, and I do like to see more because like the fact that we get to explore these worlds that they're going to yeah. is pretty yeah. cool yeah. even if we only see those worlds once it's still it's still cool it's still it's still fun you know to to see just how vast the star wars universe is right and how diverse and how all these different and not just go back to the same desert planet every time correct Although I, I'm I'm kind of done with like with you know these planets that are all just one massive biosphere, like yeah, like there and with no explanation. I mean, like in Dune, I get that Arrakis is a you know it's a desert planet because the 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 Shia Halum uh, are you know absorbing all the water when they're in their infant stage, and then that's what causes it to dry out and become a desert. But we have no explanation yeah. for why you have Tatooine or, or Geonosis being these massive desert planets. It makes yeah. no sense. Well, I mean, yeah, but about the same. I mean, that's something that they seem to do with in other sci-fi. You know, you see it even in Star Trek. I mean, Vulcan is basically a giant desert world, and all these other worlds are basically one, either one type of people or one type of biosphere. And it seems like Earth is the only outlier where it's. Where you have multiple biospheres, multiple biospheres with multiple different, you know, yeah, cultures and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, it would yeah, be it's... interesting to see like a more 
a more Earth. I mean, the closest you get to an an Earth-like planet where you seem to have a more temperate climate is Naboo, and even Naboo yeah. seems to be more. Or um, well, if you go to if, uh, take Odana in um, in um, the Force Awakens, also yeah. has that yeah. that same vibe. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, yeah, but so, yeah, let's move on to, uh, episode three. Yes. This is where we get the first name drop for project Necromancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we get, we actually get, uh, the emperor showing up in this episode. So how'd you feel about that? Was that again? Sorry. You kind of, uh, Oh, I was saying lost, we lost actually got our, our, we had, uh, the emperor, showing up in this episode how'd you feel about that i i was for it i mean we knew he was showing up because we've seen him in the trailers um it you know i i like the fact that he shows up fairly early mm -hmm. um and you know so we kind of established that yeah i was i was all for it it was it was good it was fun um it's interesting to see that they're sticking with the continuity of the sequels um, with the cloning of the emperor. Um, I know how some people feel about the sequels, but I do think it's like, if you're, if you're going to go for it, you might as well, you know, it's, you know, just go in and say, you know what they happened you know there you 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 can like them or not like them but they exist and now we let's do stuff so that they can you can at least try to make them make more sense yeah so you know, and and as far as like i was thinking about this too with the whole clone you know cloning the emperor and to me it makes sense because if you look at even going back to the prequels what was palpatine Sidious's master's whole thing that he was trying to do. Live forever. Was like, live forever. What's the easiest way for for Palpatine to do that? Cloning. Yep. And the, the biggest that's issue cool. is is not being able to clone a Jedi. Like that was yes, a, that was that's a huge what thing. That yeah, yeah. that played a a huge part in. Um, in the uh, sequel to the Force Unleashed, so for uh, yeah. so for those of you, if you're listening to this and you're you know you're really deep into Star Wars like we are, uh, the Force Unleashed was a video game that came out in 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. and it introduced us to the character of Star Killer, and the canon ending for the Star for Killer. the game has him yeah. facing off against um, Emperor Palpatine and dying in the process. Um, the, the sequel, which came out just a couple years later, uh, has him starting off on Camino and breaking out of the cloning facility there. You do make a return to Camino as well. Uh, yeah. but the, the, the whole point is that he has been told that he is a clone of the real star killer and, and the Jedi master that he works with 
tells him you can't clone a Jedi. You can't clone a Jedi. And so we're seeing elements of that being reworked into mm-hmm. canon now because you're seeing how difficult it is to draw out what they're calling an M count. Yeah, midichlorian. But for those of you, yeah, it's midichlorians for those of you who are not in the know on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did you think about that whole Project Necromancer and them, you know, kind of sticking with the guns of as far as the sequel? I honestly think that, I mean, you know how I feel about the sequels. The sequel right. trilogy was, was a mess. It was all over the place. Um, and they're, they're trying to make one of the worst lines of dialogue in all of star Wars makes sense. And I get that. Yeah. Um, and I think they are going about it in the right way. Cause rather than retconning films, they are including these explanations in yeah. the shows. However, the problem is if you're ca- like, and this is something I, I will always keep coming back to is that if you are just a casual audience member, if you're a casual viewer of star Wars, and all you know is the films, mm-hmm. then that explanation doesn't work because you don't get it in the films. Yeah. This requires you to watch a season three episode of The Mandalorian, followed by a this season three episode of The Bad Batch and everything in between in order to make that make sense. Yeah. And it's a lot of homework if you're just a casual member of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. while we got hints of this in um, in in that Mandalorian episode, which was called uh, "The Spies," this was season three, episode seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know we 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 only got a name drop there. This time we actually get to see part of it. Yes. Um, and so the 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 thing is, is we don't know if these are clones of Palpatine or if these are are the various clones of of uh of snoke and it and we don't know or any or could be yeah anything you know we don't we don't know you know what he what the plans were for operation uh necromancer yeah it's it it makes it, it it's hard for us to to know exactly what's going on we will get that Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that particular uh, um, bit of information. I, I'm I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. Um, yeah, just because we don't know where you know how it's going to go. I'm um, hoping what I would like to see is from a fan standpoint because I think it would be more in line with how the bad batch kind of has kind of worked before where that is more of a side thing of the story. Like that's not the main point. The main point is of this, of this, at least for, for the, for these first few episodes is rescuing Omega, getting everyone to get back together and rescuing Omega. And then everything else, you know, them trying to stop uh, and shut down whatever it is that, um, Hemlock is doing will come like a secondary thing. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, this and one it, was 
This even was a, even them, I'd be perfectly fine with them like not ever really realizing what it what it is that they're stopping, like on how far it yeah. is. So long as I, yeah, so long as the 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 team themselves aren't really sure what the heck is going on, I think yeah. that's fine. Even if they even if they provide more clues for the audience, because mm-hmm. then that will kind of solidify why Omega is so important. And we kind of got hints about this. You know, earlier on in, in you know in season one, where Omega has just this preternatural ability to to understand things or sense things or whatever. Yeah, you know, she's got a huge affinity with animals, which is not uncommon for people who who are potentially force users. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about them? Getting- I don't have. I don't necessarily have a a problem with her having a high midi chlorine count because. They talk about the midi chlorine count being in just about anybody. Yeah, but having the high, you know, having a high one that leaves you leaves you open to being able to use the force. You know that I like. I would say, for me, it would be more fulfilling not to see her being made. You know, a potential Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, great, she's got the high midi chlorine count. Cool. We don't need her to become a force user because she's already a pretty, a pretty, you know, amped up character as it is. I mean, while she doesn't have the tactical or combative skills as the, as the rest of her team, the fact that she has these preternatural abilities and they've made such a big stink about her over the last two seasons just kind of goes to show that they're they're all about hey let's let's amplify this character just out of nowhere yeah and we, we've yeah. seen that enough with um in, in happening in mandalorian with with bo katan being pre- basically a replacement for din jaren um yeah. and I, I i would i would hope that we don't see that happen yeah yeah um well, but otherwise what, what, i mean i love yeah. the i love the episode it was good what did you think about this and you kind of saw it in the first episode too and it really shows of this kind of relationship between omega and crosshair and crosshair's kind of almost feeling like you almost got the feeling that he made the comment i deserve to be here I, I like the development because before he was never really warm to her to begin with. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that she convinced him to escape yeah. is really kind of cool. However, you know, the, the writer in me would be like, oh, let's play with this. Let's have let's twist this. And what if this whole thing is becomes like a way for him to be used to infiltrate the team? And bring her back, mm. like he's the failsafe. Should she escape? Yeah. Ooh. And well, I think it would be man. This would just be kind of spitting. What if it's one of those things that he doesn't even know that he's that? Like he that, doesn't realize that he's. It's a new order sixty six for him. Yeah, and he doesn't realize. Like he thinks that. Yeah. Ooh. Um. I thought it was interesting. The uh, you uh, talking about relationship, the other relationship between him, uh, Omega, and Trusshairs, 
And um, I cannot remember the other Omega clone's name, the adult one. Uh, Emery Carr. Emery. Uh, that relationship. You know, it seems to be, you know, you get hints that, well, maybe she's not that bad, you know, because she returns the doll uh, that they took from her. And you're like, oh. But then when you she has, you know, she tries to turn them in when they're trying to escape. Well, to be I, fair... I, I, still think, I still think she's going to turn out to be not necessarily a villain. Um, I still think she will have some sort of redemption arc. Um, well, and, and the other thing is, is that Emery is not... This, she uh, she isn't exactly a villain. She no. she knows that she's a clone. She knows what she is required to do, and she's doing it. the The problem is, is she, you know, her entire life, she has never had the free range to, um, to really explore her own choices. And no. so the first the first bit of agency that Emery has is giving the doll back. She followed yeah. orders. She took it away, dehumanizing Omega. Then she gives it back. Yeah. And and so while it looks like she betrayed uh, Omega by revealing the M count, what she's actually doing is she did that to spare Omega's Save, life. Yeah, because she knew that. Yeah. Well, I was not only talking there, but when they're first trying to escape. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the kennel. And uh, Omega's trying to reason with her. And you can just see her going through the thing of like, almost in her head, thinking like, well, why would I want to escape? What, you know, what, what's. Yeah, she doesn't see yeah. it as the prison that everyone else does. No, no. Even though she's as much a prisoner as everyone else, she's been conditioned so much. Right. You know. So it it'll be interesting to see how how the rest of the season plays out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm really curious to see what happens next. Me too. Me too. Because um, now we've got uh, we actually have uh, Crosshair and Omega leaving the planet, and mm. then and as they're leaving, we're at some point they're probably going to cross paths with. Uh, with uh hunter and wrecker yeah and how funny would it be if you just see them passing each other <laughs> it's like <laughs> what are you waiting that it'd be like the like the uh what's the scene from uh fast and furious where mm -hmm. the where it's you got the paul walker and the other car and they're passing each other i was i was thinking more of the the meme based on the scene from uh season two of the umbrella academy mm. where where they're just crossing and they, they, the characters recognize each other like, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, looking at this, the, the next episode of, of The Bad Batch Season four, uh, season 3, Episode 4, uh, is going to be called A Difficult Approach. It airs uh, February 28th. And... I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. Because we still have 12 full episodes left. Ooh, wow. Oh, this is a, 
yeah, it was a long season compared to what episodes. most shows are. Not most series are nowadays with like the eight episodes, six episodes, twelve episodes. Yeah. That's well, from what I'm seeing here, we get we get two episodes between now and March 6th. Then March 13th, we get two more episodes on the same day. Okay. Then they're doing then they're dropping two more, you know, weekly, and then we've got episodes 10 and 11 dropped on April 3rd. Mm. And it, from what I'm seeing here, the uh, season finale uh, will be airing May 1st. Mm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying it think, so far. I think that takes us right up to about time, I think. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, we're glad you guys could join us for our little star wars talk uh garrett why don't you tell the fans out there where they can find you at all right well you guys can uh, find me on instagram and x at gkj underscore publishing um and uh, i on on those platforms i talk about my books the archives of Vasink ran there's five books in that series uh it's an epic fantasy series with uh one or two nods to star wars i like to include my fandoms in some way shape or form even if it's not by name um but I also promote my uh, a couple of other things that I work on. I have a show on YouTube called The Right Way. You can find me by searching up GKJ Publishing on YouTube. And on that show, we do uh, top 10 book recommendations, author interviews, and uh, creative writing tips. The creative writing tips so far this season have been focused on learning how to write poetry. And then the other uh, project that I'm working on Outside of this is called uh, Storytellers. It's a podcast I've been doing since 2019. And this season is focusing on uh, the topic of dealing with divorce, which is something I know firsthand all about. Yeah. Uh, as for us right here, if you go to hold of us, you can do so by emailing us at or the stars one at gmail.com. That is also our handle on X. All other uh social media you can find us under war of the stars a star wars podcast uh check us out on geek news network um wherever fine podcasts are heard we're on spotify uh apple podcast pretty much everywhere uh you can check us out there um if you want to check out my own personal podcast that i just started uh check it out it's called the a word podcast i'm discussing my uh kind of my story of uh, adoption, uh, someone who was adopted, and kind of going through there. Uh, first episode is out right now, so check that out. Um, and yeah, if you want to support the show, kofi.com, ko-fi.com. Uh, you can support us there. You can go to Spreadshirt shop.com forward slash war of the stars or just search for the stars at spreadshirt you can find us there uh, i believe the link is in our x profile on x um so you can check that out for the stars one at war of the stars one i should say uh did i miss anything i think you pretty much covered it all right well as always remember this is not just my star wars this is not just your Star Wars. This, I said that wrong. Yeah. Wow. I'm. Let's redo that. This is not just my Star Wars. <laughs> this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time. 
May the force be with you. Mm -hmm.